there's no place like home. There's no place like home. No, seriously, there's no place like home. Here on the Owls Americast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with American Accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. I am at home, a place that Sheffield Wednesday will not be playing uh, for a couple games, much to the detriment of our mood. So I'm actually in an okay mood because it was a quite nice day out today. Getting a little warmer. We're getting into, into, into spring in full bloom in Connecticut. Baseball season has started up. And I wanted to go out and uh, pick up a little beer for the first weekend of baseball action. And I was feeling nostalgic once again, a little wistful for my days drinking at City Field like in the late 2000s. And the craft beer selection is not in New York than what it is now. But I did. I didn't see a little. I see a little familiar can on the on the store in my local. I walk past it most weeks, but I picked it up. It is a uh, from Six Point Brewery in Brooklyn, New York. Sweet action. A uh, they call it a New York City Pale Ale, and it's just as I remember it, more or less. At least after since they changed the recipe a little bit, and I liked it a little bit less. But it's still very, uh, very crisp, very refreshing. Reminds me of I would say better days when the Mets weren't very good back then either. A man uh, familiar with bad Mets baseball in New Jersey. It's Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Also bad football. God knows. I'll just say enough record that um, the last four sports games I've uh, watched, um, all the teams had lost in the in the final uh, minutes. Mets twice in the last two days and the uh, Rebels and Wednesday on Saturday. Um, so I am drinking today a Boulevardier. Um, I've gone a little bit more heavy on the bourbon uh, and less the Campari and less of the uh, vermouth. And it's, uh, I think I've got the right, right balance. It should be Almost two to two, one to one for the record. Yeah, two to yeah, one to one. That, yeah, that yeah. is the record for the Boulevard here. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, way, way nicer. Than yes. You want a little previously. more. Uh, the bourbon should be a little more. For it. Campari will just overwhelm everything when it's one to one to one. I mean, when it's gin, it's okay because gin is a more neutral spirit anyway. But yeah. Delicious. You want the, uh, you yeah, know, one of my favorite cocktails. You want the, uh, the whiskey to stand out. Always standing out on the Owls Americast. We swapped our James once again in Queens. It's James Allen. James, what are you drinking? Hey, gentlemen. Um, yeah, sorry, you got the lesser James uh, this week after the uh, the greater James is heading back to the UK. In fact, I think you made it to JFK safely this afternoon, which is uh, which is good. Uh, what am I drinking? I'm drinking a I'm drinking an American pale ale from an unusual source. Um, I've uh, I've also decided to mark the changing of the seasons, Jeff. I'm drinking a spring IPA from the main brewing company, which mm-hmm. is about as straightforward an American IPA as you can find, but it's crisp, it's hoppy, um, and like Maine, tend to do really, really well. Um, it's uh, it's just a really straightforward, enjoyable IPA. So um, looking forward to warmer days ahead. I thought for a second it was be like one of the ones that have like uh, pine or like actually like put cedar or pine in the, uh, or spruce tips. I've seen spruce tips in uh I thought you were going to take it a little too literally, but no, just a nice, uh, a nice main beer company beer to round out our drinking, and we'll, we'll need probably a couple. It might not gonna be a long podcast, but we need a couple drinks to get through a one-one draw with Bolton, the Wednesday news, and two previews this week. And no, Justin, I have not opened the doc uh, up yet. Sorry, <laughs> I did mean to actually look at it ahead of time, but I did not. Uh, we'll see what happens on the break. But for now, we will go in to the Bolton Wanderers review. 1-1 draw. Wednesday, concede late. Uh, the story of our lives. So we'll start with the thumbs up. And the thumbs up from Patty. He's going to have to explain this one. Edging. 
<laughs> well, Jeff, <clears throat> I have very little memory of um, Saturday's game. Um, mm. It was another all dayer for me, uh, but um, I would like, like you used to do to um, rejig my memory from yeah. seeing the factory all day. Is I go into YouTube and I look at the extended highlights, yeah. and bizarrely they're not there this week. Whether they couldn't make it send the highlights side for that, I'm not sure. But there's literally one minute fifty one seconds of highlights of this game, yeah. which is funny because they've been getting like the blowouts at home up, like super yeah. early, like by like nine Tuesday, p.m. Over Tuesday here, night, yeah. and they still haven't got it up. Um, yeah. So um, I I remember from this game, I think I had a conversation with some of the New York Owls at the time that uh, uh, Wednesday very good uh, at uh, bringing you. Uh, close to scoring over and over again. They bring you to the edge uh, of scoring mm-hmm. over and over again. And just, uh-huh. this, throughout the game at Bolton, um, and yet not quite getting you over the line. Uh, and that's kind of what it felt like on uh, on Saturday. I mean, the amount of tame shots on goal uh, that we had, Bannon probably the most guilty of about four chances. Uh, from like Three from long range, I would give him the benefit of that, but one that rebound towards the end of the game, uh, which you really should go and target after Ivan Johnson shot the, the goalkeeper. Um, yeah, so know, made a hash of one. By- I mean, Byers on the volley was a tricky technique, but you'd like him to do better than that. Yeah. I think we dominated the entire game. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. And it was good play. It was really good. Um, by the way, the metaphor is finished. I'm not, I'm not continuing raging metaphor for the rest of this um, review, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, but I just felt like um, it was very frustrating. And the style of play is good with Dynamo now. I think we've got a style, uh, as we've kind of seen throughout the season, uh, him build that up. Uh, unfortunately, occasionally, it can uh, be found wanting uh, to really have that killer edge. Yeah, front. I mean, you need the end product. And I thought Gregory was all right. But I think we've reached a point where we can say that Nathaniel Mendez Lang, who I think is a good player at this level, especially just is not the, the right second striker. He Gregory needs one's going to play off him. It's going to be a little more direct. Um, that's not going to sort of want to, to wander out wide and put a cross in to just Lee Gregory in the middle or whoever's running on the back stick. And, and you know, ultimately Mendes Lang is the third best wing option right now too, which is, you know, a credit yeah. to our wingers. You know, I, I, I didn't put it as my thumbs up in the end, but one of the things I did think was effective on Saturday was the substitution. Mm. So when yeah. we finally made that change and we took NML mm. off and we brought on Berahino and we brought on Patterson, it just, it made us more effective up front. Um, it created more disruption. It gave Gregory somebody who would play off of him and who would kind of use the space that he opens up. Um, and it, it just felt like we were more balanced. We weren't playing with two wingers on the right-hand side. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think all the fans reacted the same way when they saw the team sheet, which is kind of, it's kind of weird not to play Gregory and Berahino from the start, but it definitely play, paid off once we got there in the second half. James, your thumbs up. Back to my actual notes. Is persistence. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's pretty much kind of the end product of Pad, Paddy's edging analogy, yeah. right? By the way, Paddy, I thought you were going to go down a DIY route. I'm slightly disappointed. I thought we were going to hear some uh, some corking and some, uh, you know, maybe flooring uh, finishing tips along with that. Um, but much like, like a really, really boring flooring job that takes you all day, you do get it finished in the end. And, and Wednesday were persistent. I mean, what was it? 23 shots until they finally scored? Yeah. And it was one heck of a scruffy goal. Um, 
I don't know if it's going in and Jordan Story helps it in. He kind of seemed a bit sheepish about having actually scored it in the end. But, you know, at least we at least we got there in the 80th minute or whatever it was. You know, all of a sudden we're, we're in that pole box seat position of, of leading 1-0 despite really sure of having the game well out of sight in the first half. We did stick out the task. We kept on creating. We kept on patiently creating new opportunities. We made the substitutions. You know, Patterson, I think, plays a big role in, in shaking things up in the box for the goal itself. So... I was kind of pleased to see that about us because I've seen us pack it in after 75 minutes when it's not working and just kind of retreat into ourselves and not create. So that was that was the upside for me. You know, if we'd held on at the end, then that would have been a scrappy but satisfying 1-0 win. My thumbs up is Massimo Luongo. Um, he, and in the, this was the kind of game that needed this kind of Luongo performance with everything else that was going on. And we got a vintage Luongo performance. There's so many balls where he's just coming at impossible angles where it's like, clearly there's no way he can get the ball without taking the man. It's like, you know, whatever two to one against, and he just wins the ball and just pops right back up and sends it out to the, to the wing. I thought his passing was good. I thought he really held that, held that midfield together as he can do it his best. And yeah, just it didn't. Uh, he can't score the goals, unfortunately. At the end of the day, which takes us to our thumbs down. Patty, your thumbs down is set piece defending. Mm. Shocker! Really? That's really going out on going out uh, going out on an island there. I couldn't think of anything else. I was I really mean, yeah. racking my brain. Um, and and I really can't think of anything much we did wrong uh, other than not score more goals. Uh, so this is the only thing I can think of. And it, again, it's the same thing. And what, I, what I wanted to get onto, obviously, there's, there's the defending and there's the scramble and then there's the lack of uh, winning the second ball. We didn't win the header, we didn't win the second ball. That's all by the by. It happens every game. What I liked uh, about this, my thumbs down this week is Darren Moore's reaction to it. Uh, there was an interview with him. It wasn't a post-match interview. I think it was like a little bit later, maybe the day after. And he went really honestly into kind of um, how they've been drilling this, like in the training for like months now. He's like, we do set piece like training every single day. He's like, like very, he seemed very frustrated by it. He was like, we have every angle, every situation covered. We train and we put them in these situations so they can prepare for these set plays. And he just seems so frustrated that despite the amount of training and efforts going into it, it still happens in the 10th minute of a game. So it was a really refreshing uh, interview from Darren. I think sometimes it can be a bit frustrating with this kind of um, uh, cliched uh, general manager kind of like quotes and, and sayings. But uh, if you can check it out, it was on, I think it was on uh, uh, the Wednesday Sing Facebook group. I, think, I don't think it was on the club website that way. But anyway, it was very good. Um, so I'm glad that he's frustrated by it. I'm glad they're still talking about it. I also read, I think it was Harley Dean's interview, which said that there was a lot of honest words spoken um, in the dressing room afterwards too, after that set play, and that even though they are very vocal about kind of errors and stuff, that it's still a good atmosphere and still a positive kind of um, discourse that happens after a game like that. So again, I think some... Harsh words are spoken in the rest of the room. It's good to see honesty, but also good to see uh, positivity and um, the team trying to to be better. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm. That's all fine, but at some point you just got to win the headers, right? Like it's not. This is not a complicated tactical thing, really. 
Um, you know, everyone drills set pieces, corner kick defense, set pieces from the wing, long throws, and it really does seem like it's not like look, they don't have a ton of height in that back line, especially when when uh, Dean was out. But it's at a certain about psychologists as well, like focusing on like a concentration and that's yeah, concentration or just uh playing the simple ball out of the box as quickly as possible just you know and it it's like one of those things this is a oversimplification i'm not trying to be like i'm not trying to be an armchair psychologist here but you kind of in those situations you got to want to win the header right it is it is a level of application that you've just got to absolutely make sure like you're not scoring in this spot right it's got to be 11 players all at the same purpose and look sometimes you're gonna get undone by a like look sometimes you're getting undone by a good set piece right these are these are good attacking positions for attacking teams and bolton i don't think really offered a ton going forward in all honesty but you know just like that you know bolton drills their corner kicks too all week so but it's just it's and it's not like these great they're not getting beat on these like great bullet headers right most of the time the little scrappy things where balls don't get cleared or second balls don't get won and you know if it's a header away and somebody volleys from outside the box whatever you tip your cap right they're not these kind of goals yeah it's a funny thing jeff um saturday i made my kids watch wednesday bolton (laughs) Sunday, I kind of half made them, but actually they're kind of happy enough to do to watch Man City Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting undone by an incredible ball through from Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of allowing for that. Mm-hmm. That but uh, we're just soft. Let's just say it what we for what we are, right? We are soft, and you, you guys covered it last week with the uh, with the more famous James, which is. We've always got that mistake in us. These defenders they, the is, they defend much really well. Will they they defend very well up, from open play. It's really only on set pieces, and like, look, they'll get caught off at the back or on a counterattack every once in a while, but they're fairly defensively solid in open play. Uh, maybe I might take issue with that when I think back to the Burton game, when I think back to actually the Lincoln game. Um, quite a few recent games, actually. Come to think of it, um, but the the point is. You've just got it. You've got to clear that. You clear your lines in a situation like that. In the 89th minute, when you've got yourself into a one 0 winning position, take a you know, stand they, and put the ball in it. They're, they're football basics, yeah. you know. And I'm actually, I'm less allowing Paddy of what you said about Darren Moore's post match interview and you know, harsh words being being raised. Look, we're at the business end of the season. You shouldn't need harsh words now. They should have had harsh words in September. You know, these are professional footballers, and then just not doing the fundamental of clearing the ball out of the box effectively, you know, a back line being well-coordinated. There's, there's a breakdown in communication. There's just a breakdown in alertness and reaction. It's not the ball in that kills us. It's the fact that we don't get to the man, I think, for like, you know, five seconds before he actually puts the ball into the bottom corner. It's um, it's just slow. Um, and that was my thumbs down, Jeff. It was kind of resistance or rather the lack thereof. You know, we, we want to get out of this league. We've got to grow a bit of a spine. I'm sorry, these are cliches, but they're fundamentals. I mean, League One is a cliche football league in a lot of ways. So, <laughs> so play the cliches. You yeah. know, f- fundamentals say you got to take more than one of twenty-three chances. Right, you're gonna have you're gonna have to, have to win these crappy one-nil games. That's ah. like they can't all be four-one, you know, Barcelona type performances. 
They, this Talking is... of amazing balls, by the way, did you see Luka Modric's ball yeah, in for, uh, for Madrid's uh, goal this evening? Yeah. Now, if you're playing against that, you've got real problems, but um, we're not. No, not so much. Uh, <laughs> we are playing away from home a fair bit down the stretch. And my thumbs down is how shit we must be. We can't win away. Um, I don't know. I mean, look, uh, you know, it's what the old cliche is, is draw your, as long as we're doing cliche, draw your away games and win your home games. And Wednesday, I've generally done that, but you can't really draw your away games against these bad teams that you should be able to, you know, put your, but you're saying, like, look, if you have to win some of these one nil, fine. But you should also be putting these teams to the sword a little more than they are. And then, look, we'll talk about it in the previous section. You're going away to MK Dons now. That is not, that's a, that is a team with a lot to play for that's been, you know, it's ahead of Wednesday in the table almost all season. So now all of a sudden, you wanted this to be a, a nice to have. You want to be able to go there and, like, set up to get a point as you're just sort of seeing it out into the the playoff spots and now because you know you beat Akron and Stanley and you beat Bolton and you beat Lincoln City but now they're in a spot where like look they're gonna have to they have to take some chances I'm not saying they have to go there and get three points but you know a point would be a, a point there would be a good result but it's not gonna be easy certainly uh no have they done one nine of the last ten or something like that yeah yeah um, no, it's not going to be easy. I mean, some, who was it said in the WhatsApp group this weekend? It was like at 1 0 in the 88th minute, you're looking at the MK Dons game as a bit of a yeah. bit of a throwaway. We could afford to lose it and still hold position. Now we do need something. Yeah, um, something, yeah. Now, in fairness, presumably they're going to play football and that often helps us. Yeah. But it does come up to this question how do we, what's the level of resistance we can mount? Can we hit them on the break? Can we use the talent that we've got in our squad to affect? I mean, it's. Um, it's turned it into a real test, but yeah, so be it. So that's the Walton game. We've uh, did there enough on that. So we'll take a break, come back for the Wednesday news and preview the upcoming fixtures. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. Not much Wednesday news. Barry Bannon won League One Player of the Month after winning Wednesday Player of the Month. I mean, he's arguably the best player in League One. So, And he had a good month. Can't really argue with that. It's about time. I don't think we've won a League Player of the Month uh, since 2016, I think I saw on the internet. Mm. Six years since we won a League Player Ooh, of the I'm Month. I'm trying to guess who that would have been. Was that like Adam Reach or something? can't remember. Possibly. Yeah. It was just during the Carlos era, obviously. Yeah, yeah. when we had good players mm. might have just been Barry Bannon again who knows uh, other Wednesday news Harley Dean is going to leave uh, was it Birmingham on a free in the summer yeah yeah. it's been rumored for a while hasn't it and he yeah. confirmed it in a interview uh, this week which obviously um, set everyone's uh, alert so, I mean based on what you've seen so far do you think we should keep him Yes. I'll try and sign him. I'll keep him. Try to sign him, yeah. I think they should try to sign him. Um, I think, uh, you know, it would help. Obviously, obviously, promotion makes a big difference, right? Um, in terms of what the way structure they can offer and just the opportunities you can offer the player as well. Um, I think promotion makes a big difference as to whether you go for it or not. 
playing League One, yeah. I mean, he's he's an above grade defender in League One and probably still has a mistake, but it's not the most culpable of our defenders mm-hmm. in the championship. You guys covered it last week. Like, is he really a top half of the championship centre back now? I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I guess I, that's what the coaching staff. I mean, I, I I see what you're saying, James, but also like I don't know what the recruitment's going to look like in the championship, and you're still going to need squad players too. So. I think we're ahead of ourselves, to be honest. On the probably a little bit, yes. Probable chance that we're in League One, we should probably try and get a contract in front of him before he leaves the car park sure. in June. I'd take yeah. a squad player in the Championship and a starter in League One. Yeah. So what we're offering will be, will be obviously depends on those things, but um... before we head to the previews, we're uh, we're lining up the new. We have news. It is. Uh, do you want to take it away, Patty? The Owls Assemble. The Owls Assemble is news this week instead of any other business because it is this week. Yeah, I just like our news. I thought we'd inject some uh, Owls America's news into it. Um, we're not resting on our laurels after the OA away day and uh, with the wonderful timing uh, for the US-based or America's-based. Have we established that this is actually on ESPN Plus yet, Patty? Yes, we, yes, we have finally got established that this game of the weekend against MK Dons mm. is on ESPN Plus in the US and in ESPN Plus in Argentina. So South America has it too. Uh, we're still trying to figure out whether the zone has it in Canada. Uh, these people aren't very good at updating the websites. But confirmed in the US, confirmed in Argentina. I can't imagine updating the uh, broadcast of Sheffield Wednesday against MK Dons at 2.45 on a Saturday. is uh, not their top priority there in their uh, <laughs> IT department. Well, I was speaking to the ESPN IT department yesterday on live chat, and they had no <laughs> idea what was going on. Uh, but it worked. It's down on the website. Uh, anyway, so... It's the very rare situation. 7.45 kickoffs on Saturdays do not happen in England, okay? so um, Certainly not in League One. Not in League One, not in re- not any league mm. I, I'm aware of. Uh, it's only happening because of uh, the Easter weekend, and uh, most games are being played on Friday and Monday. We got moved Saturday and Tuesday. So people always message us saying, oh, I'd love to do a meetup, but it's never a good time on the West Coast, or I don't know anybody. This is the perfect opportunity uh, for the first ever meetup in your city uh, or maybe the second or third he's been doing before so it's on espn plus so you, all you need to do is call your local sports bar and say do you have espn plus yes or no and just say okay well i'm gonna bring a few friends down to watch something at 245 in the eastern coast 11.5 west coast wherever you are in the, in the world so we've already got a number of firsts uh, lined up for this weekend's meetup wise so you're gonna get your regulars new york and new orleans are gonna be in their regular spots um, but uh, Portland are back at the Toffee Club for the first time this season, which is great to see. Mike's done some great work elsewhere. First time since 2019, Patty. Really? Because they were shut down for a while and the pandemic and everything. So, yes, thanks. It's so good for um, Portland to be back at their home bar. Uh, so, Toffee Club there for Portland. We have um, the first ever Phoenix meetup, I believe, which will be at the Georgian Dragon on Central Avenue. Um, we have the first ever Alaskan meetup um, in Bethel, Alaska. Um, by all means, uh, go to the Cascadia Owls group on Facebook or go to our events page in Owls Americas, uh, and we should you can have the details of where that's going to be. Uh, it's still to be determined. It's uh, in Bethel, Alaska, Paddy. One more information. The, you know, yeah, just a guy with a Is there more than one sports bar in Bethel, Alaska? Would be my question. Uh, well, Jeff, you know what to do. Start clicking. <laughs> uh, Mike did say that the Bethel, Alaska has a. Um, uh, what's the right term for this? 
6,000 people inhabited anyway. So it's a very small, small town. So if you're in Bethel, Alaska uh, on Saturday and you happen to want to watch Sheffield Wednesday versus MK Dons, hey, you might be a Milton Keynes supporter. All Go right, here, here are bars <laughs> in Bethel, Alaska. Uh, are we on, how many are we talking? Uh, it, so I'm not going to dig in too deep here, but uh, Google suggests uh, Philly's Pizza. That's F-I-L-I. I hope we don't go there. It's yeah. a New York one. Philly's Pizza. And Philly's Pizza. Be, and the, 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 only, the Google review here just says beer and sports TV in Bethel. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and the Red Basket, which appears to be in a hotel, probably in Bethel. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. Okay. There's also a, there's a restaurant in the Bethel Airport. Bethel has an airport, apparently. Well, for all the details on Bethel's meetup, which I'm sure you're all clamoring for, go mm. to Alice America's and the events. It's not the only uh, meetup we're doing, uh, what I've mentioned so far. Bethel, Portland, Phoenix, NYC. Oh, Dayton, Ohio is the other final one, which is just going to be uh, our friend Patrick's house. Uh, he's, he's hosting a viewing party at his house. Um, so if you're in the Cincinnati, Dayton, Ohio area of uh, that central, is it central Ohio? I think so. Um, go and uh, go to our Al's events uh, page on Facebook and we can uh, put you in touch with Patrick. Um, we're still planning other ones too. I am going to be very upset if there's not an LA meetup uh, and if there's not a um, Atlanta we had a big group in Atlanta for the FA Cup game a couple of years ago to Chelsea. Uh, and they've gone so... Paddy, I think you might need to kind of bring out more of the righteous Paddy anger because um, you were very upset with people's uh, arrival times for the, uh, for the Wimbledon <laughs> game last week, but it didn't really come out in the moment. You know, I heard it in the podcast afterwards, but I didn't really hear at the time the frustration and the disappointment in the voice. So I think you need to maybe just project a little bit more just how upset you'll be. <laughs> well, as we know, James... Me and you just trade passive-aggressive marks as when we're not in each other's podcast. <laughs> I think a few weeks ago you questioned my drinking ability. <laughs> so I thought I'd just question your drinking capacity as well. Uh, now uh, it's probably time, time to uh, question my <laughs> game previewing ability as we head to previous section with MK Dons and Kirill Alexandria. Take it away, Justin's Google Doc. MK Dons at Stadium NK, uh, as we mentioned in the first half of the show. They are second in the league table, only seventh in home form, though. Uh, They're unbeaten their last 15. Their last loss was to Doncaster, of all teams, on January 25th. Last meeting was a 2-1 win at Hillsborough. You might remember the Windass late turn and shoot winner in stoppage time. The club itself, um, we go over this. I mean, they've only previewed them twice because... They've been in League One for a while, and once they have not. But it's from, they're in the town of Milton Keynes, formed in 1967. Uh, they took over uh, Wimbledon. They announced Hold on. Them. Hold on, Jeff. I'm sorry. We're going to take issue with the dock there. Hmm. The town of Milton Keynes was formed in 1967. The MK Don sure as heck weren't. No, no. Yeah, I said the town of Milton Keynes. I'm, I'm saying that kind of shit. I was getting there. August 2nd, 2001, the, uh, the former Wimbledon announced they were moving, and we named the MK Dons and have ever been uh, considered one of the scourge of English football ever since, I believe. Probably a fair way to classify it. Now, yes. as, for the, yeah, as for the system, uh, they play a 3-4-3 or a 3-4-1-2. Possession and progressive passing. They are top six in Europe in that regard. They play up from the back and move through in thirds. 
the wide midfielders push up in possession to create width. They especially like to attack up the right and have center backs who can pass. So this all sounds like a bit of a mirror image of Wednesday, as you alluded to, James. You know, MK Dons might try to play a little bit of a football, especially at home, and for a team that is chasing automatic. They do struggle to break down teams who sit back. I do not expect Wednesday to do that, although they are certainly capable of playing uh, counterattacking football if they so choose. Uh, and without the ball, they press to a certain point and then drop back into a compact five. So I would say this is, this sets up reasonably well uh, for Wednesday. Like, I think they're probably about evenly matched on talent. They're going to want to play fairly similar styles, and it's just going to come down to, you know, maybe that maybe that moment of brilliance that we saw from Josh Windass in the in the reverse picture, or Connor Wickham. Or Connor Wickham. Or Scott Twine, as we saw in the reverse yes. pitch too. So Scott Twine is probably the player of note here. 15 goals and 12 assists as a center attacking midfielder. Most goals outside the box in Europe for the last two seasons, as we saw. And, uh, and predicted. Justin, and predicted Justin last so helpfully, uh, helpfully predicted and then victory lapped in the WhatsApp group afterwards. Uh, not on MK Dons for the last game, uh, Theo Corbino, who... Wednesdayites might remember. He's uh, made 13 appearances and 8 starts, 1 goal, 1 assist. Heaven, um, I was looking at some of the reviews uh, of mm. him on Twitter and some of the fans saying that he's in a similar situation to what he was at Wednesday in that he kind of burst onto the scene and looked very impressive, mm. but then obviously he's not seriously impressing in training because he's not been getting the start since then. So it feels to me like the Cabernet is in that stage of his career where he's still developing, mm. not necessarily got a full 90 minutes and not strong enough for League One football, but I think he's got a future. I think we'll probably yeah. see him in championship next year. Uh, other players of note, uh, Mohamed Aysa is their main forward. He has chipped in with 12 goals himself. Uh, and Troy Parrott, a Spurs loney, seven goals and five assists. So we don't usually do formal predictions per se, but since we are getting to the business end of the table and this is a big match, I do want formal predictions. James. I'm afraid I think it's going to be a 2-1 victory for MK Dons. Patty. Hmm. This might be a bit of a humdinger. I think it might go for a 2-2 draw. It'd be the Liverpool versus Man City of uh, League One. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know what that. I don't know what that is. But I guess we'll, <laughs> I guess we'll find out. <laughs> uh, I'll go with a one-one draw. I think it'll be a little. I think it'll be a little cagey. Actually, I think it'll be a little cagey. Probably not cagey at midweek at Hillsborough. Crew Alexandria, 24th in the table, 24th in away form, two wins, three draws, 16 losses, 14 goals scored, 40 goals conceded in 21 away matches. Uh, they're forming their last five. Loss, 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 loss. In fact, they have lost 15 of their last 16 games, which is how you end up 24th in League One. Their last meeting... Uh, at Crew, 2-1 win for Wednesday. Goals by Bannon and Lee Gregory. The club is in Cheshire. They're known as the Railway Men or the Alex. We probably mentioned why they're called the Alex on the last show. I don't remember what it was. That was, a, that was a fair bit ago. They were, like Wednesday, formed as an offshoot of a cricket club in 1877. The cricket club dates back to 1866. Named after Princess Alexandra, a fashionable Dane, later queen, mother of George, aunt of Wilhelm. They were founding members of the second division, mostly third or fourth tier until the late 90s. 
and they returned to the second tier in 97 98 after an absence of 101 years third to fourth tier since so they're like they're a you're like a league one championship yo-yo club although they surely they've not been in the championship hey in jeff I'm, I'm just guessing mm. but i think that the clue as to why they're called the alex might be in the fact oh, the that alexandria called, alexandria fair enough and named after queen alexandria just just putting <laughs> sure, two and two sure. together but like the it's a bad like the alex come on <laughs> Best thing about Kirill's Andrew is the name of their um, uh, own brand, Cornflakes, which they had named the stadium yes, after. I think we which talked is, about that. It's not Cornflakes. <laughs> the, the sad Cornflakes <laughs> copy. Uh, they also just had their manager fired. So a repeat of Wimbledon. David Artel was given the boot on Monday. Again, uh, like I was, I'll play with Wimbledon, like maybe before you've lost 15 out of 16. Again, I don't call for people's jobs, but this is a, this is a results-based profession, right? Uh, and the run of results has not been great uh they play a 4-3-3 starting the season but are moving more towards a 3-5-2 or a 5-3-2 because they were conceding a lot of goals uh they've conceded 78 goals this year in league one so they are just as leaky home as away uh it's a very uh youth academy based team a lot of their players are homegrown they like to play possession attack down left with heavy rotation uh, now again, we can name some actual goal scorers here, but at the end of the preview, Justin has helpfully written, this team sucks. So fair dues. We did it for MK Dons. We'll do it for Kirill Alexandria too. James, your score prediction at midweek. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday five, Kirill Alexandria. Alexandria. Crew Alex. The Crew, Alex. The Alex. The Alex, yes. Nil. Alexandria is a place in Walking Dead, right? <laughs> that's what I've heard it from. It is. It is. That's true. It's a town just outside Washington. Anyway, um, yeah, 5 0. Patty. Uh, I was going to 5 0 too. It has, a, it has that kind of um, feel to it that we had. We thumped Cardiff at around the same time last season, didn't we? But mm. obviously, that was a different context to uh, this season. Uh, I was going to say 5 0. I'm going to say 4 0. Very Hugh and a hat trick. I'm going to go with a, with a fairly comfortable 3-1. It's midweek, a little sluggish. They probably give a bad set-piece goal after being up 3-0 at like the 78th minute. So those are the previews. Uh, do we have any other business, Patty? Uh, breaking news, Jeff. Breaking oh. news. Um, so Mike's, um, again, working wonders in Cascadia. He's also just um, tweeted out that Vancouver meetup mm-hmm. uh, is a kind of watch this space area. And I forgot to mention... Um, earlier on, that the Argentinian Owls are back. So we just say with them on ESPN, but they yeah. are watching the game too, obviously. Uh, they probably watch it on their own pad. They've got a five-a-side team, if you remember the Argentinian Owls that all support Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're in Buenos Aires, <laughs> <laughs> Buenos Aires or Bethel, Alaska, <laughs> you can watch Sheffield Wednesday this weekend with, with friends. As long as you're somewhere on the Andes, you're all right then. <laughs> <laughs> you have one other piece of... Uh business patty we have a, we have a dispatch from american soccer because we have, a, have an actual owls americas derby it's on the wednesday next week right yeah hartford athletic against red bull new york in the u.s open cup i believe it's at home i might go you should go um i, I i'll have to see what my baseball schedule is because hartford is home next week so i'll have to see what the how the pitching matchups line up but i'm not sure um how how hard for them i mean how are they doing uh, they've not off to a great start. Um, I think a couple draws and a loss, if I recall correctly. Okay, Red Bulls are better on the road, so hopefully they're um, yeah. 
It doesn't have to be half athletic. I will head to the Mighty Dolan Stadium, which has a new name now because they got a sponsorship. I forget what it is. Some healthcare group, I think. Is it more like square? It is not more like. Uh, <laughs> they actually, I will say, uh, as someone that's not particularly invested in the USL Championship, they do a nice job there. Like, it's not the greatest field in the world, but they set up a bunch of like local uh, food trucks from a lot of local restaurants. Local beer selection is really good, and it is walkable for one of the Hartford breweries. So, I have to be honest, Jeff, if I didn't know which direction you were going to go there, I didn't know mm-hmm. if you were going to say you weren't particularly invested in the USL championship or mm-hmm. British random local cereal manufacturers. Yeah. I have no, I have no strong feelings about British cereal. Wait till you try Mornflakes. <laughs> are they just cornflakes? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Apparently they're oat-based. Oh, yeah. uh, so it's not just corn at all then. No, a British brand of oat and oat-based breakfast cereals mm. launched in 1941, Crew Cheshire. Yeah. Re- read Justin's notes. It's all there. Yeah, and they're not just they're not just flakes either. I mean, bizarrely, they also have more flake squares, which is almost a contradiction in terms, right? Is it a flake <laughs> or is it a square? I don't know. It's a square. But square I mean, you flake. can make flakes into square with those like little crispy things you used to make. You remember the loads of honey in it and you made squares? That, like, that was, that was well, those are, those are Kellogg's squares, though. That's totally different, um, right? Because you've fallen for the branding, though. I mean, there were technically cornflake squares or Rice Krispie squares first. True, true. Um, I've got to be honest, I never made them into those kind of cuboid shapes, though, because mine just tend to be like those, you know, little kind of Easter nests that you stuffed oh, into. Oh, they were in Oh, topical, too, James. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of like a mornflake Easter kind of cupcake things that we nice. with a couple of little mini eggs in the middle yeah. can someone send us some mon flakes if you're in the area of cheshire um that'd be lovely thank you is there a lot of uh wednesday support in cheshire sure i mean they're in andes and they're in, <laughs> they're in yeah, argentina and bethel, if they're in bethel alaska they could be in crew <laughs> cheshire you've been listening to episode 175 of the owls america Find us on the internet, owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are at Fellow Wednesday at Forever and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americas, we ask you rate and review the show. So with more Wednesday, it's find our ramblings. James is on Twitter at Manhattan Owl. All right, James, if you're not drinking Mornflakes, drinking Mornflakes, Jesus Christ, if you're not eating Mornflakes... What is your breakfast cereal of choice? Do you know that there's a Weetabix drink in the UK? What? Yeah, it's like it's like a, an energy drink slash breakfast drink. And but it's is it like, just Weetabix and milk mixed together? Like you've had the leftovers? Basically, it's basically, the can you know that sloppiness that happens when oh. you leave a Weetabix and milk for too long? It's that in a bottle. Um, sorry, Jeff, what was the question? Doesn't like the milk bar serve that for $13 in Brooklyn? Yes, they do. In <laughs> exactly, yeah. You can get Lucky Charm milk. Technically, in, I think, but yeah. Did that answer your question, Jeff, or do you want me to go back? <laughs> no, we're good. Patty's on Twitter at Patty A. Jones at New York Owls. Patty, what's your favorite breakfast cereal? Um, ooh, I really should be prepared for this. Um, were you expecting a different question? <laughs> I don't know. I would, I, sometimes I'll throw a curveball on there, but I, I chose not to. So uh, I really want to get this right. It's very important I get this right. I don't eat a lot of cereal, first mm. of all. I do like, I did used to like, I went through a, fi- a very big period of shredded wheat. Um, Interesting. Which, is that a thing in Have you tried shred- combining it wheat? with milk and putting it in a uh, bottle to drink instead? <laughs> <laughs> is shredded wheat a thing in America? I yeah. Seen it over, is it? Okay. Hot milk and shredded wheat with loads of sugar. That was delicious in the winter. Mm. That's just basically frosted mini wheats. So. Mm. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. And I probably should have thought of what cereal I like, but I didn't. So instead, we'll just see you back here. You can't skip. You made me do it for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs>